What's up, guys? Welcome to the second season, first episode of Whiskey, Grits, and Honey. Corey here, and I'm hanging out with my friends uh, Tyler and Eric. Um, they're chefs here in Raleigh, North Carolina, and today we're going to talk about their love for food, their love for cooking, and their next big project coming up. Thank you guys for having me. Thank oh, you for thank having you. us. Yeah, yeah, man. We've been waiting to meet you and this do is this thing with Long you. overdue. Yeah. Yes. Super yes. excited. So, opening question. Describe your perfect meal. It can be any combinations. It can be from appetizer to dessert wine, or it can be a box of mac and cheese. <laughs> I think I'll go first with this one. Um, my perfect meal was... My grandma's uh, full Japanese. She moved. Mm. She moved over with a GI right after World War II, mm-hmm. um, and she used to always have a pot of miso soup on the stove. When it would get yeah. too low, she would just add more water to it. Mm-hmm. Um, that hot bowl of soup on an actual cold South Carolina day, which didn't happen a lot, <laughs> but when it did happen, it was it was perfect. So yeah. in my mind, that's a perfect meal for me yeah yes it's got those memories that sentimental feel to it yeah it's all about memories oh yeah oh yeah and that's that's my thing too it is it's a probably a tie between my two grandmothers uh my mom's mom her uh sausage scramble i didn't realize that scrambled eggs didn't have sausage in them until (laughs) i don't know like 10 or 11 went to a friend's house and i was like y'all don't put sausage in there (laughs) Um, that and then my other grandma's like her homegrown collards were just perfect yeah she cooked them all day really slow lots of onion fat back like huge hocks of fat back I remember fighting my cousins over those like, <laughs> uh, and of course everything was homegrown for her her mm-hmm. quote-unquote garden was about an acre when I was in my oh, man teen years yeah I learned how to till and sow and all that out there but early age yeah yeah it's like homegrown collard she made her own pepper vinegar that was steeped for weeks man. yeah yeah uh, it was like that's that for me is the epitome of just like southern yeah. food to its best it's something about being a grandma in the south like it just <laughs> yeah top I mean, tier food like, right yeah, yeah. And i mean it's hard to beat a good thing at college honestly yeah like yeah. I, i've seen as many ways to make college as many people that make it and i don't think there's really any wrong recipe but the problem with something like college is like you go 20 miles and it's different. It's like barbecue down here. You go oh, 20 man. miles oh, yeah. and it's different, man. <laughs> We've been grits for that matter. Grits, yeah. yeah. Right. Depending on where yeah. you're from. Oh, yeah. Like from South Carolina, we didn't put sugar in our grits. It was butter and uh, salt. And oh. again, like the simplest staples here in the South. And yes. You can create so many different things. Yes, sir. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, where you're from, what you do, how did y'all meet? Um... I'm from uh, South Carolina, Greenville, South Carolina. Okay. Oh, right outside of Greenville. Um, I was born in Atlanta. Um, my my culinary career started in Ohio, though. Okay. Um, I was uh, between the ages of was it seventeen ish to nineteen ish. I was a professional wrestler because I was a wrestler in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, that was going nowhere. So my brother got me a job as a dishwasher, and it just kind of. I just, I just stayed. I just stayed. I found my passion, and then honestly, what was that like 15 and a half years later? I stopped working at a place called Lucky's Dirty Two in uh, Cary, North Carolina, and I met my uh, business partner Tyler here, and we started talking. Um, well, I know smoke breaks because that's usually the only break you get in the kitchen. Um, mm-hmm. About well, what would we do if we could do this? Or what did you do if you could do that? And it just kind of grew from there, yeah. and we formed our business. And I mean, every year I've been in this business, I've fallen more and more in love with this oh, business. Yeah. Yeah. Like food is yeah. life. Yeah. It's honestly, man. It's the industry itself is almost like an addiction. Not everybody can do it. Right. They do it well, you know. But I've tried to step away from it. You know, I was born and raised right here in Raleigh, uh, at Rex Hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've lived in Wake County all but two years of my life I moved out north of Charlotte and that's the first time I ever encountered like red sauce barbecue Uh, you know my great uncle Blue uh, was a hog farmer so they literally dug pits made coals for three days cleaned the hog and everything like my dad as a kid they would pour hot molasses on the hog and the kids would use mason jar lids to scrape the hair off like Hmm. that's that's how deep it is (laughs) You know, I started working at the Olive Garden in Cary when I was like 15 and a half when I could first get a learner or a worker's permit. Mm-hmm. And I've tried to walk away a few times and 
I went from a hose to a busboy to a dishwasher to back prep and then I started cooking on lines and finally took the dive and became a server and bartender then floor manager then GM and I actually stepped away from management because my son had just been born I was working like 80 hours a week oh, man. on right. salary at a, a like a seafood bar deal <laughs> and I was just like you know there were conflicts with the owner who had never worked in restaurants, which if you haven't, do not buy into a franchise if you've never so much as washed dishes for eight hours straight. Uh, so it was just, it was a really bad time. And I was like, you know what? Last time I was really happy at work was working as a server at Lucky's. I had worked as a server and in the kitchen there. And I went back and I remember I went home after like two or three shifts and my wife actually recruited me there the first time. Oh, nice. We had just started dating, and she was like, you know, you don't like where you're at, come over here. And I did, and I loved it. And when I came back, it was like the third day I met Eric. And it was like a week later, they do this thing where they take employees to, like, the headquarters in Greensboro because they own two hotels out there as well. Nice. And you get to tour all the properties and really, you know, it, it's cool for their culture to see really what they're about. Mm -hmm. And... We both happened to sign up and go. He rode with another coworker, and I drove separately, so I didn't have to be at the restaurant carry from North Raleigh, and you know, at like six thirty in the morning. Yeah, it was oh, pretty freaking early. And out. we all got done with the tours and got done with the lunch, and I looked at him and I was like, "Let's go smoke a cigarette, man." And we went outside and we were having a conversation. I was like, "Don't ride back with them. Just ride back with me. You can at least, you know." listen to decent radio, you, yeah. you know, and we didn't know each other great, but that was like a two and a half hour car ride yeah. back. Cause as soon as we hit Raleigh, it was like a parking lot. Yeah. And we just kind of bonded over food and everything and talking about the industry and where we had been. And we had this mutual respect. And then we hung out a couple of times, you know, I took him home after work. I met his wife and his pets and he came over here on that, uh, car ride home met my wife and my son and yeah he's like my best friend my brother from another mother and yeah. uh we became a, a incorporated business on the 9th of march and on the 18th the state shut down oh man yes yeah yes. so the the last year really i mean we're we just hit the year mark as a company we had property viewings with our uh, commercial real estate broker we had investors looking into us and as soon as that happened everybody pulled their hands back so we were like let's reevaluate and just kind of go back to the original idea that we had you know just kind of BSing at work mm -hmm. and I mean that from there we the idea was is there a way that we can make a hush puppy into a taco so you can eat barbecue without really messing up your hands that was an idea um, I've never seen it before and I would have thought I would have seen it by now. I'm sure someone has done it before. Yeah, especially but, here in the South, you know. But like, yeah. and honestly, he was the first person I ever brought that up to that was like, yeah, that can totally be done. We just got to figure it out. Everybody else looked at me like I had like an eighth arm or something. Uh, what, you got seven? You know? You don't know my secrets. Right? But, um, so we came up with the idea and over this past long, long year, um, Food trucks have actually, the, the business have gone up. Like, I'm never done quick service up until recently, and I've never done um, food truck. It was always higher end places. That's yeah. my skill set. Um, but it was just like, I always wanted a brick and mortar spot. That was the original idea. But when Corona happened, and we just had to adapt our business plan, essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we weren't going to close the company. That was a, a non-starter. I mean, I'm tired of working for other people. Yeah. Um, so you know, I finally have a partner that I trust in yeah. all aspects that like literally says the things I'm thinking. So it, the deal with CO, you just have to adapt to. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that's what our industry is anyway. You adapt every single day. Absolutely. I mean, our industry might recover. It might be fine in 10 years. Who knows? But right now, food trucks and any really open air food industry right now is doing well. Oh, I mean, actually, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you guys got Cookout in Virginia, but mm -hmm. Cookout's business model was perfect for the pandemic because all it is is drive up or walk up. Yeah. You know, yeah. All open air. Yeah. And that's essentially what a food truck is. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We're not essentially having to drive up, but it's open air. Yeah. You, you can know? socially distance. Yes. Give people their space. Right. Yeah. And, and being mobile too, you know, we had already 
been pursuing the catering side, which of course, you know, in 2020, nothing happened. Yeah. The I, only wedding that we catered in 2020 was my wedding. Yes. <laughs> and we didn't know if it was going to happen until about two weeks before. Oh, man. Uh, two weeks before the venue was like, you know what? Screw it. We don't care what the governor or anybody else says. We're having your wedding. It's happening. And we were like, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and early this year, we got contacted by a lady from the not.com. And it really opened up a lot of doors. And now the big thing in weddings now, the like fad, you know, decoration is, you know, the whole bohemian and country chic, but food trucks are what people oh, yeah. want. Mm-hmm. They want you to be able to pull up. Uh, so it was like all, all the signs were there and that's kind of the original idea we had. So that's where the Red, Ho- Red Horse taco truck was really born was kind of BS conversations and adapting to the crazy apocalypse. <laughs> I mean, I mean, um, you have some ideas when you work like a 13, 14 hour shift in a kitchen. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. I mean? yeah when you're pulling 65 hours a week and seeing him, <laughs> he's the only person I've ever seen in the kitchen that had to bend down to talk to servers. You know? Right. Uh, and for the record, anybody looking into buying a food truck or a bus or box truck, anything that you want to do, if you are over six foot three, you're not going to find a lot of options. No. <laughs> we looked at a lot of vehicles that were good deals, awesome, looked great. They were going to service. We had it all. He'd get in the bus. He'd have to dip down. Yeah. <laughs> and once you put a hood in there, you know, I was like, he's he's going to be the hunchback of Notre Dame in like six months. Right. Uh, being 6'5", you know, it, it was a challenge. But yeah. just like anything else, it's like, you know, we'll adapt. And that's why we got the bus we got for yeah. Red Horse Tacos mm-hmm. was... He stood in there and literally you could see light between him and the roof. And I was like, all right, we got That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait till you guys can see that. Yeah. Yeah. So where'd the name come from, Red Horse? Oh, this is more of a uh, question from Tyler. He's the one yeah. who came up with that. So not only are we both, you know, in the food, culinarians, mm-hmm. from the traditional South, but we like other stuff. You know, we both have an affinity for Mexican food that's out of this world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And if you've never been in Cary, at Kildare and Cary Parkway. Total Post. Yeah, that they is do a true modern Mexican city nice. dishes that are awesome, and they decorate everything with luchadors. So it's yeah, ooh. they actually got a table that's like an uh, old wrestling ring. Yeah, it's like <laughs> a awesome. high wall, <laughs> room. and they got the yeah. luchador mask on the yeah. wall. Um, but the food is out of this world. Yeah. Don't expect what you're getting at other Mexican restaurants because it's not the same. Yeah, uh, it's not I, actually, their servers are so well trained that I ordered something that the server brought me a sample of the sauce because it's not something Americans are used to. And she wanted to make sure before I spent the money on the dish or had to send it back and order something else that I was going to be okay with it. Uh, it was a mole sauce, and I fell in love and asked her if I could have, like, a pint of it to take home. <laughs> uh, but their, their, their service is great. Their daily specials are great. I know the last time we went, me and him got three... Uh, well, I think it was, like, brisket tacos, honestly. Yeah, it was man. carnitas tacos. Yeah. 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 Oh. Best tacos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but, yeah, so... Red Horse, we're also big history buffs. Mm-hmm. Eric's actually a published author. I am. Uh, yeah. I am. Uh, and so we, we both have this affinity for history and food, and we know that human existence and human history has been shaped more by food than anything. Mm-hmm. Even like, you know, don't even take into account hunting. Like once we started cultivating things, trading food, has been universally what brings us all together. That's why we love what we do. Yeah. yeah. You know, you sit at a table and you have common ground. But So I started researching really the history of hush puppies. And so, you know, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, and I believe Alabama all say they created the hush puppy. Uh, but nobody really knows. Mm. The earliest article that can be found... Uh, is one that came out of the Atlanta Times in like 1901. Hmm. Uh, and it was about this guy who was a red horse fisherman, uh, you know, on the rivers of South Carolina in the marsh country. Red horse is a moss fish, by the way. Yeah, okay. they're, yeah. They're, yeah. A, they're a sucker type fish, almost like a catfish. Okay. Yeah. Um, and they're called red horse because all of them have these red scales. Hmm. Uh, and just like catfish or uh, even bass for that matter, there's some that are 
large mouth, small mouth. They're all different types yeah. of colors. Yeah. Uh, they're actually a protected species now. Yeah, we can't um, eat them anymore. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've actually been uh, turning up in colder waters up north, like out past Chicago and stuff, some Ooh. in the Great Lakes, and they're not really sure now, like, how they got there. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so I was researching, there was this article about this guy, and it's actually on our website and stuff. We intend to have a snippet of that article actually on the truck as well. I'm sure we're going to get a lot of questions where that name came from. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. It's but a fun name. Yeah. He was this fisherman that his fish fries were like known. People came for two or three counties away, and we're talking about the turn of the century for his fish fries. And his fish fries, when he had batter left over, he would take and mash them into little cakes and throw them in the, the vat to fry, and he called them red horse cakes, which is the, like, first published hush puppy recipe when they still use buttermilk and egg as a binder for a fish fry. Mm. Um, you know, we get the term hush puppy was common with guys who ran dogs mm. for hunting. They would throw the bread at the dogs mm. to hush them up. But yeah. the first printed one was... Red Horse Tacos, and we were like, you know, that's really the epitome of who we are. It's history, it's food knowledge, it's Carolinas, it's something that nobody knows unless you're local. Yeah. Uh, I had never heard of that. You know, he's from the Marsh country, so he had never heard of yeah. that. And we were like, you know. So that's big. Yeah, you know, we wanted to give people a little bit of trivia. I mean, if I mean? your fish fries were so good back a hundred and some odd years ago that people are coming from two counties over to yeah. eat it, you yeah. know, where you got to walk or get a horse-drawn carriage yeah. or something, then, I mean, it's, like, it didn't take long for him to convince me or, or other business partner, honestly. Mm-hmm. It was, it's a great idea. Um, I think it stands out. It does. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and to be fair, driving that bus just to our builder, you know, even without the vinyl or anything on look, it. We had to go through downtown, man. You would have... Everyone turned their head to look at the bus, oh, yeah. even unfinished, yeah. because it's not a regular food truck. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, a bus that got chopped in half, and there's a like a little like porch in the back of it now. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, where the oh, floor yeah. still is. You know, yeah. so we can put the smoker there. We enclosed it because that's the health department rule is that's got to be enclosed, yeah. which is nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's and, gonna be like a little smokehouse on yeah, the back. Yeah, and we're gonna build yeah. up a chimney. From, like it's a faux chimney, obviously. Yeah. And we'll have it set up so it, like billows a little bit more. Mm. But can you imagine something like that going down the street? Oh yeah, it would I definitely mean, catch your attention. Yeah. 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 And when we bought it, it was like this seafoam green, almost turquoise green color. Oh, so man. yeah, you couldn't miss it. Nah. Uh, yeah. No. But yeah, <laughs> once it's complete, you know, you'll be able to smell where we are. Yeah. Oh, it's um, Even if we're in like the worst position in a food truck rodeo, you're gonna smell us as soon as you get out. Yeah, I mean you know? we could probably flank a rodeo and they would think we would be there. Yeah, uh, you know, and it's we've met some really amazing people between becoming a company and where we are now. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, we had an original builder that had a finance deal set up, and locally he's like the best known. Mm-hmm. Really cool guy. You know, we just kind of popped up on him one day mm-hmm. in the middle of the pandemic and was like, hey. this is what we want to do uh but once we bought the bus there was a little bit of conflict there and he kind of backed out and we were like well what are we gonna do now so i started looking and talking to people and you know you know just like i found you on instagram and facebook you know i reached out to some community sites people gave me little tips here and there and i found these local builders it's uh iron steam food truck builders uh they're pumping them out they started doing trailers and now they've moved on to the food trucks i think we're going to be like the fourth maybe fifth yeah. build out that's an actual truck and not just a trailer oh man that's yeah. not to say anything bad about trailers i've seen some pretty yeah. nice food yeah. trailers out yeah. there man but once again he's six foot five so <laughs> i can't stand in there yeah you yeah. know and once you go to a trailer that size we were looking at having to buy a truck to pull it anyway and we were like why would we do this just might as well get a truck yeah and yeah. man I, I ran across that bus and I sent it to him, and I was like, this is the one. We had looked at so many different vehicles, financing, God, just paying yeah. cash. Oh, and I had come across it, and I was like, you know, that's unique. That'll be something we can use. Mm-hmm. And we met the guy, and he and a friend had started a business doing uh, rafting tours up in the mountains. Okay. So that's why they modified it that way, so they could put kayaks and stuff on the back, and everybody ride on the inside the bus. Mm-hmm. 
And Which is brilliant, honestly. Yeah. yeah I Tragically, there was a drunk driving accident, and his business partner was lost to that. Oh, man. So on the inside, on the ceiling, is this big mural they did almost like a therapy thing. So when we contacted him, you know, he had had a couple of other people interested that either lowballed him or he just didn't like them. And to yeah. him, it, it was a sentimental thing. Yeah. So, you know... We get there, he's talking to Chef about, you know, what we're looking to do. I'm walking around looking at the bus, and he was like, I like you guys. Yeah. Uh, it was listed at a price. He asked me what our budget was. I dropped it by, like, I think $1,200 or yeah. something like that. Uh, and he dropped it lower than that. And I was like, wait. That's not how negotiate. I'm supposed to do that. That's <laughs> not how we do this. And he goes, oh, and there's an air compressor in there. You can have that, too. Uh, you know, he had started this business, but he and his business partner both worked, working part-time yeah. in the industry. So it's, you know, and I think people really learn when COVID happened, 33% overnight of the nation was unemployed with restaurant shutdowns. Yeah. You know, everybody who had told us all previously, oh, get a real job. If you've never worked in a restaurant, you have no idea. You have no say-so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it is a real job. 33% of the nation depends on that in some way. Yeah. And I don't think people really loved what they had until it was snatched away. Right. You know, I'm, yeah. I remember being in this house. I'm I'm a decent cook. He's a chef. I'm a cook. Mm. Uh, but it just got to the point I looked at my wife. I was like, I don't want to cook anything else. <laughs> I don't want to eat anything. You cook what I cook. I want to go somewhere else and get yeah. something cheap and greasy. Uh, <laughs> you know, and it's, we all adapt. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's been a long, wild ride. But it becomes almost like part of your routine. Like, you know, on the weekends, like you want to go mm-hmm. out, grab something to eat, go right. out with friends. I mean, I've, I've seen it firsthand, especially yeah. in QSR, the weekends where the money is nowadays. You might get some lunch people, especially where we was working, uh, while I was working at QSR, mm-hmm. um, it was close to a few hospital uh, plazas. So, you know, you would get some lunch, but mm-hmm. weekends nowadays, for the most part, yeah. is the business. I mean, where we oh, yeah. used to work at Lucky 32s, I mean, they don't even open for uh, lunch anymore. And that used to be one of the hot the hot shifts, yeah. honestly. It was a busy shift. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. hell, sometimes um, lunch was busier than dinner, depending on the day. Naturally, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, you know, you saw restaurants that used to have hour-long waits barely survive. And then other ones that were a little smaller and had kind of always been that little secret place in the corner mm-hmm. that have really blossomed because they've run skeleton crews and they're built for that. Yeah. I mean, nothing yeah. really changed for them. Yeah. I mean, they're, oh, yeah. run, they're exactly. running tight profit margins anyways. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean... And it's, you know, it's when we came through in the late 90s, early 2000s of the industry, it was kind of like the wild, wild west. Like, I remember I came from originally corporate restaurants and it was a way different culture than it is now. You know, that's yeah. back when... Chefs still threw plates, and you know servers had fist fights in the walk-in cooler. <laughs> and then you clean up, you shake hands, you go yeah. back to work, you know. And it was this whole different culture, and we've kind of seen the culture in the industry change. But this was something that changed everything. everything. This was dramatic. This was unexpected. I'm a member of the ACF, the American Culinary Federation, mm-hmm. um, which is the biggest union in this country. If no one. If you don't know anymore, I mean, maybe not when Jimmy Hoffman was alive, but it is now. Um, but they've done studies over this past year. One, trying to run a fancier, higher end, actual brick and mortar restaurant nowadays is damn near impossible. Yeah, which is insane to think about because that was at one point my goal. I come from a French, my first two jobs were French restaurants. You know, yeah. I worked for French chefs. Amazing. That's what I learned. Yeah, yeah you know, we were planning on brick and mortar, sixty seats, including the bar top. You know, running. That's when we first contacted yeah, you. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. Four servers being open, basically five to nine thirty. Resos only. Yeah, no. you know that's that's so where very we really like high scale. Right. Like, yeah. But you can also yeah. keep your profit margins down despite it being high scale because if it's reso only, then you can, you know you know how much ingredients you're going to need. You know? Exactly. Yeah. And it wasn't going to be you know putting up job applications. We we had been scouting people through our careers. Like there were yeah. people that we introduced to one another so that, you know, we had a rapport. Um, Which are still in our back pocket, but even some of them even left the business. Adam Lane. Yeah, a a lot of folks really took it as the opportunity. Because if you've been in the business, you know, everybody talks about quitting every day. To do something else, Um, the dream, you know. Yeah, and for a lot of people, it is a midway point. But then for, you know, people like us, it's, it's a career. Yeah. 
you know, and it's, there's a lot of sacrifice that goes into it, you know, you're, you're working the hours nobody else wants to work. Yeah. Overworked, underpaid, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And Every only, single day. And that, really that even that goes for it. management. I've yeah. done management and it's the same, you know, like I said, I stepped away because I had a, a six to nine month old and was working 80 hours a week. Yeah. When I was here, I was exhausted and, you know, God bless my wife. She came from the industry too. Uh, you know, Emma really, she's my rock because when it got too much, she was the one that said, look, you hate your job and it's affecting your home life. You know, I know this is what you do, but you don't owe anybody there anything. Do what makes you happy. And I was like, you're, you're right. You know, my wife was the same way. And eventually got to the point where I was tired of making other people money in this business. Yeah. I might be making a decent you know, hourly for this industry anyways, maybe not for any other, but, um, I, it gets to the point where you want to try something new you want, and we have this different idea. Yeah. And that's where Red Horse Tacos comes from. Yeah. Now we still operate kitchen table restaurants as the catering side mm-hmm. and we're still going to do catering jobs, but we're really hoping Red Horse becomes... Gonna wear the main course. The main course. Right. Yeah. That's a great way yeah. to put it, man. Yeah. I like that. And that's yeah. why we even named, you know, the original tequila braised pulled pork hush puppy taco with the oh, Brussels sprout slaw. Like, that is still the original idea, and that's what it's on the menu. Yeah. The original idea. Now we have other great ideas, and we've yeah. had other uh, good ideas for our food truck concepts. Yeah. Which yeah. our plan would eventually be have three, four food trucks. All different concepts. Though. Yeah, yeah. We um, still want to have a brick and mortar, and maybe one day a fleet of food trucks, and maybe. then possibly yeah. a commissary. Like, you know. But you know, this guy right here really was like, if we're going to do it, let's just do it. Yeah, At the time, it was brilliant because you had what twelve James Beard nominees in oh, the gosh. state across eight different categories. You know, Ashley Christensen was. I mean, she was the queen of the South. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Sean Bach has taken that over now. Though. He has. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it's a thing of, you know, this area was on the verge of being like Charlotte and Nashville. Oh, it, yeah. it was about to have a culinary boom. I mean, it can still happen. Oh, yeah. We, we don't mean, know what's co- hell going to happen in the next three months, like a little yeah. six. Right. Um, because some stuff are opening, and then, you know, they notice numbers go back up, so it closes. And it's just like, I feel like what's the old saying, the definition of insanity you keep trying the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. Yeah, that's And it. these states keep doing that. And it's just, maybe we just need to think about how we're going to change things. Yeah. yeah. Maybe the time of brick and mortar restaurants is gone and food trucks and maybe, you know, stuff like cookout and the fast food stuff, they can survive. But honestly, this is, this might be a new reality. Yeah. And that's you know? the thing too. Uh, so um, food truck that was the idea that was the only that, that it convinced me from my idea of wanting to have a brick and mortar high-end spot like i feel like i was a little pretentious in that regard thinking maybe i can compete against these other chefs but honestly at the end of the day i and you certainly can i don't really care anymore it's more of a fact that i want to be able to make food make yeah. a living yeah and you know, like all of us, just trying to weather the same storm. We might not all be in the same boat. Some of us have yachts. Some of us have canoes. Some of us are drowning. Yeah. But we're all in the same storm together. I just got my, my pants rolled up to my knees. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's the thing, you know. Chef really is a friend. It made it comfortable for me to go, okay, well, maybe my crazy idea isn't so crazy. And he was like, look, man, if we're going to do it, let's just do it. Yeah. And we did, and then once we did, and the world ended, we were like, you know, the industry is about adaptability. Oh, yeah, big time. Um, if you don't change, you burn out. So we were like, you know, whatever. We kind of took it on the chin. We both I mean, kept each other positive when we weren't. Yeah, I mean, what yeah. else can we do? We um, all took it on the chin. You know, the, in the house <laughs> you know and, and we try and find the silver lining. We met some really awesome people. Uh, we got to hear some really great stories. Mm-hmm. We've been able to play around with food and be creative, which hasn't happened in a while for either of us. No, I haven't been um, able to do that for at least seven years. You know, we've yeah. kind of got this cult following of our friends and family and now some extended folks like you and yeah. even his neighbor upstairs who Amazon or Webstaurant ships stuff to their apartment instead of his. 
So we got to meet them, and they follow us now on Facebook they, and Instagram. And we're yeah. like, yeah, you know, <laughs> they saved us two hundred some odd dollars because that's how much equipment we had. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> from Best yeah. it was an actual invoice, like you in the kitchen, Mike. Yeah. yeah, and we were going through it like it was an actual inventory. Yeah, yeah. we uh, we were panicking, and this random message came through: "Hey, are you the owner of Kitchen Table Restaurants Inc?" And I was like. Yeah, who are you? Right. <laughs> How do you know that about me on my personal Facebook? Yeah, right. uh, and he was like, you know, I think your stuff got delivered to our place and it's inside. What we didn't realize was it was about 350 pounds worth of equipment between yeah. three boxes. Oh, man. And they had brought it inside and tracked us down. And we were like, you know, we've seen some really good in people. We've seen some pretty ugly in people, but yeah. that's the industry too. Yeah. And through this whole thing, he got to work with me and QSR, you know, quick service restaurants are a way different beast. And I uh, learned how to do it like on a food truck. And before we move on to the next topic, I do want to say one quick thing. You know what my favorite part about Corona, if I have to say something, is some of the scummiest, skeeziest scumbags that own restaurants, and there are quite a few, all <laughs> going under. Yeah. yeah. And that, at least on my soul, yeah. makes me happy. No, yeah. I'm not happy that yeah, fellow kinda... restaurant people are losing jobs, but... It's like exposing who's like truly in it for the passion yeah. for the craft of it right. which is yeah. just like the some... craft versus the bottom line yeah, yeah and exactly. it, you know I've worked for corporate I've worked for private owned I always prefer private owned you know yeah, truly. yeah they're not making as much money you're not making as much money there's more loyalty in it yeah. usually there, there's a loyalty and integrity and camaraderie and okay we're gonna go in here and make the best of this together and it's gonna suck sometimes and it's gonna be awesome sometimes you know yeah. my and thoughts on you know my thoughts on uh, places like Applebee's and corporate places well, right. I worked at Applebee's for one shift and I never went back <laughs> yeah you know that's it you know, you know and that's the thing yeah. you know it kind of Trim the fat in the industry. You know, yeah. places like Applebee's were already going under. Now that damn they're done, which I don't know if that's good or bad, but it is what it is. You yeah. know, I think it's gonna make people. You know, and that's the cool thing about the millennial generation; those coming up. You know, yeah. we've worked with people, you know, twice our age, down to doing their new hire information, and they've been born after. I graduated high school kind oh, of hurts. Yeah. Yeah. When you put that in the computer, <laughs> you're just like, oh. When it starts up at 2000, oh, you're just like, yeah. oh my oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, the first yeah. time I put somebody in for 2007, I was like, he was born eight days after I graduated. Ouch. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> my bones started aching. But, <laughs> you know, I think people now are looking at quality. You for know, sure. I want. I don't spend a lot of money, but when I do spend money, I want the best I can get. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, if we can go out there and be mobile and give you a gourmet food experience off of this crazy bus with a smokehouse on the back, make it an experience because we can't do that indoors now. That's what we do it for. You know, it's people. When you feed somebody and they smile, like, that makes me think of my grandmother. Yeah. You know, sitting down, having sopped chocolate. Uh, biscuits and sausage on Sunday, like that. That to me, like just sitting at a table and just being people. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it doesn't matter what color you are, where you come from, even if you speak the same language. Good food is good food. Yeah. And like that's the thing. I've met people from all over the world. I've served people that spoke nothing but French, and we made it work. And I explained to them what grits were through more or less like hand signals and pantomime, you know, yeah. but we made it work. And I turned a, you know, French sous chef that had come in the RTP to a restaurant to love creamy grits. Uh, and I actually start, sat at the table and ordered Atkinson Mill ground, stone ground grits on her phone to be shipped back to France before she even got off the well, plane let's, to let's get Let's be honest, home. I mean, who doesn't like good bowl of creamy goods. I, I mean, mean, you can't beat it. I mean, I don't care how you have it because I know the South does it different every other way. But right. Yeah. Who doesn't? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I actually like grits more than oatmeal. Yeah. You, you see all these people from North eating oatmeal. I'm all oh, about yeah. grits, man. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to hate on We're not going to bring porridge into the game. Well, either. That ain't... Yeah. Oh, cream, cream of, of wheat. wheat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. uh, well, I know yes. you got some other questions for yeah. us, man. Yeah. Y'all have actually like zoomed through my question. I'm just keep rolling. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. hey man, no, I just I just yeah. didn't want to hold up the no, show. No, you're fine. Um, so, what impact do you think food has here? I mean, we're all from the South, right? The yeah. relationship between the South and the food. Where do you see the connection at? May I answer this, Tyler? Go right ahead. Um, because this is kind of 
my wheelhouse hit. Yeah, this is our this is what we do. Oh, like yeah. when we're in the car or in the kitchen, we're just talking about food philosophy and stuff. Yeah. Like our <laughs> wives joke that we're each other's boyfriend. Um, <laughs> and you know, honestly, I don't think I could do much better. Like, you know, I, mean, I can't say so, that. I mean, you know, I, I can't disagree. Yeah. Now, um, the nice thing about the South is most of the time here we reject the higher, fancier ingredients. Exactly. Um, but get down to brass tacks, a lot of the food that was cooked down here for the longest time was done by slaves. And slaves were given the off cuts and the off BS stuff. And that's kind of what we come up to. Now, yeah, because we both come from sharecroppers yeah, and yeah, textile mill yeah, workers. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, my people want plantation owners. Yeah. I mean, hell, half my family came over right after World War II, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, um... Most of my family were sharecropping off the same farms, yeah. like... Right. But things like Boston, but, I mean, they were super cheap back then. They were, they were dug like, cheap. No one else wanted them. A good story of what I, what I think I mean, the South. chitlins for that matter. Oh, yeah. A lot of people... Or everything that goes into... Collard greens, like we were yeah. talking about earlier. Yeah. 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 I mean, grits. Yeah. It is ground like, corn. Pennies to make. It's a yeah. byproduct. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but, um... Let's, a lot of people don't think about Mississippi being the South. Mississippi's part of the South. Yeah. One of my favorite <laughs> anecdotes of the South... I mean, I've had an argument with people, people about oh, that before. Yeah, I know. But I know. I'm, I'm, one of my favorite anecdotes from Mississippi, and this was shortly after... Uh, the slaves were freed. Um, these rich white folk that they didn't want to work, so a bunch of you know Hispanics from Mexico came over, and they didn't have no money. And one guy went to a butcher shop and realized that they were just throwing away piggies, doing nothing with them. He got them, and he made um, like what they called essentially deep fried and put into a tortilla. And mm-hmm. his family still sells that same recipe on the same corner of the same road yeah. in Mississippi. Now, I wish yeah. I could remember well exactly at, but we are... I'm pretty big, sure if you go to Mississippi and ask for... Piggy, uh, the big uh, ear you ever had, yeah, they'll come over there. Yeah. Oh, I hope you guys can't hear the bad weather we're having right now. Yeah, but, yeah um, we got a true blue Carolina storm rolling. I, I guess my favorite thing about us down here was, I don't care what color, what side of the tracks you came from, especially for us working class and below, um... We ate, but we ate because we had no other damn choice. Yeah. But we weren't content just eating it plain. We had all these influences of spices coming through. So you had Charleston was a major harbor. Uh, Mississippi, obviously a major harbor coming in. We had a lot of stuff. Everything that came through Cajun country in Texas and Louisiana. We got, I mean, we got a lot from the North because despite the Civil War afterwards, we traded with the North and we got a lot of good spices from there. Yeah. And then maple is... Maple's one of the best things that come from the north, not going to lie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, real maple soap yeah. oh, my is, gosh. like, yeah, I mean, you can't beat that, man. Yeah. I will even put down my grits, and I don't like grits, so do we, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah, they're amazing. But, um, Molasses is we, this is true. <laughs> but we did all these things just because we had no other choice, yeah. right. and we made it good. Yeah. And even despite the fact that I went and I learned how to cook in the French style, I like to say I'm French trained, but my wife says no. You cook, learn how to cook in the French style. You know, I went to France, fine. I learned how to cook <laughs> tomato, in the, tomato, right? And I worked in various different restaurants of various different cuisines, all usually higher end. And somehow I've suckled back in those last sixteen and a half, seventeen years I've been in this business to coming back to what people call poor food because that's what we eat. We eat soul comfort food down food, here, man. Soul yeah. food, comfort man. Food. Yeah. yeah, I mean. Well, when you work all day and you sweat all day... You need that heavy, carb-heavy yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you want a fat, happy, hot belly to go yeah. to sleep sweating with the windows open. Like, you know, <laughs> no. I mean, that's that's the thing. You know, down here, food was... I mean, it was a necessity, but it, and it, you had to kind of scrounge. Yeah. But why not make it pack that? punch that you need. And you that's know? the thing, we made it good. Like, we did. It didn't cost a lot, yeah. but I mean, okay. I would take a Southern meal over any high-class French You know, meal 99% of the time, I want to agree with you on that. There's a couple of things that'll pull me another direction, yeah. especially depending yeah. on who's cooking it. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? But like, for the most part, I honestly believe Southern food is hard to beat. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, and Southerners are great too at, at pulling the, the fish and the loaf deal. Yeah, you you take the bare minimum, the scraps, and you feed as many people as you can. And that's the thing we share. Like, hey, like I've got this, I've got this. Let's just come together and make a meal. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I've walked up to barbecues before when I was much younger, <laughs> and just been invited oh, yeah. to come and eat. 
Oh, yeah. They didn't care about what color my skin was. Yeah. You know? All I'm saying is yeah. I've smelled good fried chicken being cooked. I'll hunt that down and be like, hey, I don't know you. I'll pay you for a plate. Yeah. And, I mean, still down here, you see, you know, those those fish fries and spaghetti plates. You know, yeah. that's how communities take care of one another. And we know the common question here. Have you eaten today? Come on in and get a plate. Like, yeah. 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 Or yeah. what everybody's grandma says when you walk in. You hungry? Oh, you're looking thin. Have yeah. you been eating? <laughs> That's the one. Despite I'm just thin, Grandma. <laughs> you know, I just ate, but sure, I'll take. Yeah, yeah. So being too you cool. can walk in chewing, and you look like you need to eat. You know, and, and they would always make more food than they ever oh, needed. Yeah, and because there was always people coming around, oh, yeah. especially in the older. Like I come from old textile uh, uh, towns, essentially. Yeah. In fact, my grandma used to live in a in a, a textile town that went under when. It, factory went under mm-hmm. it's now methville but um <laughs> before that time before that yeah. time frame it was a nice community and i remember as a young man people just coming in through they called her marjorie because mm-hmm. i don't know why but these country folks did not want to call my japanese grandma her real name hisayo so they called her margie um, <laughs> but they'll come in through the door someone knocks someone in depending on you know how close they were to her, obviously you know right. there was a time when you couldn't walk on a man's porch you had a knock on the porch Oh, Before yeah. someone came up there. Well, that's how you can tell how close somebody is, whether they put a foot on the first step or the top step. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But if she, I don't know you, I'm going to knock them back down. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. And that's, yeah. But, I mean, people just walk in and eat. Yeah. You know, people she's known for, like, 20, 30 years. Yeah. You know? Like, she might have come from Japan, and she might have been... It might have been xenophobia right after World War Two, obviously. But, yeah, I mean, by, that, by the time I came around, and she was accepted. She had a nice... Late 70s palm. Yeah. I mean, she was always cooking something. <laughs> she would put us kids to work on cooking stuff, more or less. Mm-hmm. Where I'd, uh, like Tyler's mentioned to me before, his grandma would do snap beans. My mom, grandma would occasionally well, she used do to that. She'd cook everybody a meal, and when you were sitting there fat and happy, she'd walk in and drop a bushel in front of you, get to snapping. Right. You've eaten. And I'm like, work. Grandma, how you, that's, no, that's <laughs> dirty because you're trapped too. You're so full, you can't yeah. get up. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, she would make these gyozas, which is like a Japanese dumpling. Ooh. She used uh, beef. Traditionally, it's pig, but um, yeah, steamed pork. But gyozas. she, but when we did the, when they did like the whole like community like get together, cook out like they did like every other month during the summer, um, she would have all those kids with wontons making like two to three hundred gyozas. But you know, you got to put the water on, then you yeah. fold it, and then you crimp it down, and you put it inside, you do it again, you know? You get really good at it yeah. after you've done it for so long. Um, and then she would just essentially get this big fat fire and just deep fry the hell out of it. I mean, yeah. Southerners like that, they might yeah. not know what a gyoza is, but if you tell them it comes from the deep fry, they'll be like, I'll try it at least. <laughs> is that why you can make ravioli so quick? Yeah, because ravioli is the same it's thing. It's all the same thing. It's yeah, all the same thing. That is. That's the thing, man. Looking at food and history and everything else, you know, it's all the same stuff, just slightly like changed. Change. You know, yeah. somebody's like, oh, man, you got to try this. I found this. You know, like me, I grew up deviled eggs. You use Mount Olive, sweet pickle relish, yeah. mayonnaise, mustard, uh, a little bit of paprika, you know. And recently, I've been thinking about, you know, like Rotel, almost like a spicy pico with jalapenos Ooh. instead of using a relish. Yeah. So keep an eye out. That might be a seasonal thing for Red Horse. We haven't decided yet, but that's the thing. We go, you know, well, why can't you change things? Up? Yeah. I mean, um, I like and, to mix avocado into my deviled egg mix. That sounds amazing too. You know, yeah. that's very West yeah. Coast, not yeah. Southern, but you know. Yeah. Hey man, I've been putting avocado on my eggs in a blanket, so that's British and West Coast. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Slightly yeah. <laughs> healthier too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like man, throw right. a little bit of mango salsa on top. Ooh. It's a little Peruvian. Yeah. You know, and I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, you never know till you try. Yeah. And this is an industry where if you think outside the box, people may be a little timid. But when everybody sits at a table, everybody's on the same level. Let, let me ask you. Guys, yeah, he's six foot five and standing up and him sitting down, we're about the same height. He's still <laughs> on the table. Yeah. We're still both eye level. I know, yeah. you know. I know you know this, but you ever heard of a restaurant called Alinea from Chicago? I have not. They're, okay. They're more like culinary scientists. A guy there. I like that. A guy, <laughs> they're like chemists. A guy there came up with a way to turn sugar into a balloon, and he did, and that was a dessert. Really? Yeah. Another guy there lost his sense of taste because the head chef lost his sense of taste because he had tongue cancer, mm-hmm. and he was still pumping out Michelin stars. Yeah. Really. And he was That's there every talent. day. Yeah. He, he would go to chemo, 
go to the kitchen, do chemo again before dinner service, and then go back to the kitchen. And it really yeah. showed the teamwork that went into it. But, he had to wholeheartedly trust his sous chef. I mean, in that situation, you have to. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and that's the thing in the kitchen, too. You know, sometimes one or the other of us will propose an idea, and we're like, yeah, we can totally do that. And then we get into it, and we go, Mm, nah. That wasn't it. <laughs> you know, sometimes things haven't been done not because nobody's took a chance. It's because they learned that maybe it shouldn't be done. Right? Yeah. But I mean, I mean, unlike scientists, at least we're not like that unethical about yeah. trying to test <laughs> stuff out and things yeah. out. Man. Yeah, you might spit it out. You're not necessarily going to, you know, yeah. have 30 years to yeah. pay out <laughs> for medical bills. This is, like, this, yeah. is, this is very fun. It's actually... They're yeah. fun. Thank you for yeah, inviting yeah, us. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, kind of a final question. Do you have yeah. any advice for folks who are looking to get into the food and beverage scene or the food truck scene? Ooh, ooh. So, uh... That's got... going to be in our upcoming book in 2025. No, I'm just trying to... If I can get a little ghost here, I expect to have swamp ass every time you get down with your shit because <laughs> you just walked in a kitchen that's 100 degrees oh, yeah. and 100, 100% humidity. Oh, gosh. So make sure you use some baby powder. That's, that's probably my <laughs> yeah, biggest I thing. Mean, I mean, I will say our industry is one of the few that it could be freezing outside. You walk in with a jacket, and when you leave, you walk out with a T-shirt on, and you literally have steam coming off yeah, the body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but for me, I, I really think the thing is, you know, chase the reaction not the money. See, like you that. know, that, that's a good that's a good way to put it. Um, but I mean, you, yeah, keep your eye on the prize. You really, have like, to because you need to have that passion and the goal. Like a lot of my favorite sh- uh, shoe chefs eventually became head chefs and eventually became restaurant or deli owners. Right. Yeah. You know, shoe chef of mandolin. He went on and now he owns Old North Meat Market in uh, the Dome Food Hall. Um, I did not know that. Yes, that's one of my yes. favorite places to go. Um, Joel, yeah. yeah, Joel's great. Yeah. I haven't seen or talked and to him in like five years. But I used to work about. with him. Yeah, he's got yeah. a master's in food sciences. Oh man, so because, you know he's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's the thing. You know, you're a lot of times in this industry, you get beat down. It's a grind. It is not easy. Be prepared. Sixty-five hours in the food industry is nothing. You know, the rest of the that's world part-time. thirty. <laughs> 30 hours is full-time, not in the restaurant industry. If you pull 30 hours in the restaurant industry, you're most likely a 16-year-old hostess. And I hope to God they're paying you well because that's where I started was hosting. And that is brutal. And before we we end that one, I'm going to say this. Culinary school is not the end-all, be-all. It can give you the foundation that you need. I went to culinary school seven years after I've been in this business. Yeah. And I only went for two semesters because I realized they won't teach me anything I didn't already yeah. know. It's, it's more or less like boot camp before deployment. Yeah. You know, you, you, can, you can read all the textbooks and all that, but until you're in the industry, and that's the thing, you can be a great cook, but the industry will grind you. You've yeah. got to stay passionate. Mm-hmm. You've got to stay focused. Yeah. And I'm lucky enough to have a best friend and business partner that we keep each other that way. You, you know? gotta be tough. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. You gotta have some hard skin for somebody. You know, we had a tasting, two tastings on Tuesday for wedding catering, and the first one, you know, they were, they were a little standoffish about giving us criticism, and I finally told them I was like, you know, hey, this is what we do. Yeah. We don't bring our feelings to work, and that's really how you have to be. Not not to be cold, but if you can't take that criticism and grow and adapt, yeah, you are going to bury yourself, whether that's because your head is in the wrong place or it's too far up another place. Yeah. I mean, I guess it boils uh, down know. to the old saying, if you can't take the heat, just get out of the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. And, and really, that's it. You know, you have to be able to take that criticism. You're not going to please everybody. I've had chefs that. throw stuff at me. My first two chefs yeah. were French chefs. I was yelled out and called and sworn at in two languages. <laughs> and, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I've, I've cut myself. I've burned myself. You, I mean, it's going to happen. Literally blood, sweat, and tears yeah. and, and yeah. second, third degree burns. I have <laughs> cried at work. It, it's, yeah. not been, it, it's not often, but it's been so intense. Yeah. Um, maybe I just work 75 hours every single week because Lucky 32 doesn't know how to schedule people during the holiday season. <laughs> well, and, <laughs> and I, I mean, had a mental really, breakdown. there's also, I mean, that's the thing, too. It's, it's a thing of in the industry, you kind of sign up for it, and yeah. a lot of people don't know. When yeah. I was a trainer for servers or... Anywhere I've been, I'll let people know, like, what you think it is is not what it is. You will see the ugliest side of people, and Mm -hmm. you will see the best side of people. You know, I've 
I've been there for people having their first meal after having their first child. I've also um, kicked out cops before because they were loud and racist, and I don't care how much money they spend. You're not going to yeah. do that in any oh, establishment. Yeah, yeah. Um, even, even recently, looking at working at a, a local franchised out uh, North Carolina company as QSR, I had, had a lady came in, number one, didn't know where she was, thought that her friend or whoever had ordered with us. We didn't have an order. Uh, my shift lead was this great young girl, Jabria great customer service and the lady immediately was like I wasn't speaking to you I was speaking to him and immediately put me on guard I'm a big brother yeah. I'm a dad and I've been in this industry you know we're talking about a 20 year old girl who she she's self-made lady she's yeah. young she's killing it yeah. right. Uh, right. and instantly I was just on guard and it progressed to where she wanted to be combative, and I wasn't going to play Some that. Some racist yeah. things she were was, said. Yeah. Uh, yeah, something racist was said, and I broke all professionalism. It's not like me. I handled the pressure, but there are those times. I'm sorry. The customer's not always right. No, they that, not. I hate that saying. Yeah. Well, and here's saying. the thing, too. You cease to be a customer when you start degrading people who are exactly. serving you your food. If you're going to be that way, stay at home and feed yourself. I don't care if you eat ramen noodles for the rest of your life. When you come out in the public, act a decent way. I grew up with a grandmother who would slap you in the mouth for saying something yeah. disrespectful yeah. to anyone. My mom yeah. would do that. You know, and <laughs> that's... that's southern <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah. the thing, you know. I, I've seen racism, but it was so blatant, it pissed me off. Yeah. And God bless her and her mother and her brother, who I know all three yeah, of them. Yeah. Her yeah. mother actually came to thank me about the way I handled the situation. And her I chest bumped you. the lady straight out the door, and I told her, don't ever come back here. It wasn't the lady wrong. Wasn't she at the wrong she was. She was not only absolutely wrong, she tried to make a false complaint and review online that I was the one being racist. Are you serious? And yeah. our ownership... I immediately called and told them, hey, here's the deal. She's probably going to leave a review, but yeah. I don't tolerate that in my presence. Employee, yeah. no employee. If I'm out in public, I'm not going to tolerate it. Yeah. There's no space in this world for that. And as much as and I dislike those owners of this particular spot, I will give them credit in that regard. They, they yeah, did have they all backs. They responded to her and was like, basically in a long, drawn-out, poetic way, you're a liar. Yeah, uh, I mean that's young, how you gotta do when you have know, business. Yeah. And and this young girl come running out there, and I love what she said to me. She goes, Tyler, just go back inside. My mom raised me to know that her ignorance does not affect me. I love that. And I was like, you know, absolutely. But as a white guy, when a white lady around my peer group says that to me, if I do not react that way. It gives her clearance to perpetuate that. And they, they were and lucky I, I was off that day. You know, yeah. <laughs> I raised my son. He is two and a half. I raise him to love and accept everybody. And I'm going to tell you right now, when you go to the grocery store, he does. It's like walking yeah. through with a celebrity. He knows no strangers. Yeah. Hey. Hi. Hey. Bye. Like, <laughs> Maybe not the necessary best thing, but he yeah. is a two and a half. Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely. <laughs> if somebody wanted to kidnap that kid, it'd be easy to calm him into it. Like, That's why you got to keep it extra. You know, <laughs> that, I do what I do because I love people. Yeah. You know, as much as and it shows I hate some guy. people. Yeah. You know, that's the thing, you know. Food is universal. It brings us together. Yeah. But in those situations, like, you can probably tell I'm getting heated thinking. Yeah. Like, I, you know, just... Sometimes those thoughts you have, keep them. Yeah. Keep them really, really close to you because nobody else wants to hear. It. Yeah. Now, if yeah. you want to come in and sit down and joke around and maybe be just a little bit over that line. Yeah. I'm cool. But once you get to the point where you're beating people down for any reason, it shows yeah. me one, you have an issue. And two, nobody's ever put you in your place. I love serving people. Yeah. I am. I'm a consummate professional and that I will always give you the best service. I will always go out in my way to make sure you're happy. But if you don't act like a human being, don't come around. Red Horse Tacos, KTR, any company we run, you either respect and love all people and the fact that food brings them together or we don't want your business. Awesome. Period. You know, we, we live in a yeah. crazy enough world already. Yeah. Like, just sit down, eat, shut up, and be happy. My That's what life's about. <laughs> <laughs> My food is made with love. Yeah. But if 
Yeah. You can't return to love. I'll be more than happy to take the food back, give you yeah. back your money, yeah. and yeah. then find hey, someone else. If you don't deserve our soul and our soul food, Ooh. you don't need it. And that's you, can, sign. you can use that. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. I'm putting a sign up in my kitchen. Like, hey, <laughs> hey, I mean, that's really what it's about. Like, yeah. you got to put yourself in it and and love what you do. And like, Just like you, you clearly love it, too. And that's yeah. that's why I was so drawn to you. I was like, man, this... This guy right here knows yeah. good food and loves good food. Yeah. Right? You don't have to be in this industry to know and yeah, love no. good food. And just be a good person. I mean, we literally yeah. just met. We're like, yeah. just laughing. You know, I know we've been chatting that. online for like yeah. over a year, but I think good recognizes good. You yeah. know what I mean? I, like, I still wish I could have brought you into my restaurant to do this podcast. Oh, yeah. You know, we'll not, get not, there. not that there's nothing wrong with this video, yeah. mind you, but it's just mostly that's, that was the original goal when we first hit up. Yeah. It seems, yeah. Doesn't it seem like five years ago when that happened? Oh, God. Yeah, my sense of time is just like all oh, you and no, me. I both. feel like I've aged ten years, man. Like, just ten. I feel like fifteen. Years. Right? Look, all I'm saying is, before Corona, I didn't have this this <laughs> belly right here. I've always been thin. Like, oh, you should you have know, seen him in his vest. This breeze will knock me down. Yeah. Uh, I got married in September. I bought my suit in May, and I had to buy pants twice before the wedding because I had gone up two pant sizes. Like, it's happened to all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, you know, it ne- I hit 30, and I guess my metabolism finally showed oh, up. yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's it's been really crazy, and we've kind of stuck it out. It's just been kinda... fun, though. I yeah. Mean, it's yeah. been different. Yeah. Like, I said, I've said it to my wife before, the world actually did end, but it doesn't mean it's over. Yeah. It's just a different yeah. world we got now. Yeah. Yeah, like we started yeah. a, a new era. That's all it is. That's all it yeah. is. And I think people check their priorities a lot. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, it's some some people. And, yeah. and real quick, honestly, the best thing that came out of Corona. What's up? People finally learned how to wash their hands properly. Thank you. Yes. Like, yeah. why were we not giving yeah. people personal space and washing hands? All I'm saying hands? is, when I'm pumping gas and I hear the, like, 1984, you know, novel, yeah. the state of North Carolina, and I'm like, you know... In my early 20s, I would have been like, that's the man going after you. But now I'm just like, that's for dumb people. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's you know, I, mean, I mean, yeah. I'm not trying to be offensive on this show. Because <laughs> yeah, it's fine. But it's just like, truly, I've never been a big fan of people invading my personal space anyways. I wash my hands like 50 times a day anyways, so I'm a cook. Yeah, so it never really changed anything for me other than Yeah, that us washing mask. our hands till they were raw and almost bleeding is nothing new. Yeah. Until <laughs> you've had your hands in plate yeah. sanitizer for six hours, you don't even know. No. So don't yeah. and don't talk to me about having to wear a mask either. I've worked twelve hour shifts on the cook line having to wear a beard neck because I used to have a handlebar mustache. Yeah. Uh, it's basically the same thing. And until you're wearing you know, your pants, your undershirt, your chef jacket, and the apron over top of it, standing over top of a char grill. Yeah. Don't talk to me about it being don't hot. Complain. You don't know. Until yeah. you've literally had sweat coming out of the inside of your ears, you don't know <laughs> anything because when the AC breaks down in North Carolina or South Carolina or shoot, even Virginia, and you have no AC in the kitchen, but you're still serving food, Whew. I mean, hell, it gets up to 100 degrees in Virginia. With humidity. Like, yeah, 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 and that's the thing. Well, you know, we I come from Moss Country, here. guys. I think I beat all you oh, guys. Oh, yeah, he does. 100, oh, yeah. 105 degrees, 100% humidity. Oh. I mean, I've, I've topped tobacco in 98 with 80% humidity, and I've done roofing work in that weather, but still, and like, I did roofing work with a guy from Arizona. He talked a bunch of smack in May. And then August hit, and he quit. Hey, that- he had been doing roofing work for a decade, and was like, "I don't know how y'all do this, man." I was like, "Humidity will kill you." I'm in the Vegas. It was yeah. 110 degrees, the zero percent humidity. It yeah. didn't feel that bad. Yeah. But the second that humidity that. creeps in, man. Yeah. <laughs> when I go, when I walk outside, my glasses fog up. The second I walk outside, I know yeah. it's going to be a bad day. Oh, yeah, yeah, when you have to turn the defrost on in the middle of summer, just so you can see out your windshield. Yeah, yeah, like well, my, yeah. Dad, my dad used to do it, so then overheat. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been there too. I've been yeah. there too, popping in neutral, blast the heat for about a quarter mile. Yeah, yeah. then you stop and pour a water jug in there. Yeah, and that's the thing. If you're riding with a southerner and they have a milk jug full of water in the back seat, oh, you know what's for? Just know you're probably going to have to have a pit stop at some point. Oh yeah, yeah. you know. But we all been there. Yeah. But yeah, hopefully, man, next time we do this, we can. I have a taco for you to eat, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We should yeah. have the truck. Hopefully in May, we've got something coming up okay. with the uh, North Raleigh Market. They're just yeah. doing a once a month thing right now. Okay, yeah. Uh, you know, they posted something on a group. I responded, and she was like, we'd be more than happy to have you. 
Our uh, builders are working hard. They are. Um, so, apparently, the project of Falls got a little frustrating, yeah. so it slowed yeah, us down yeah. a little bit. Yeah. But hopefully, we're back on track. So I'm hoping in two, two and a half weeks, we'll be taking our truck directly from there to the vinyl wrapper. Yeah. And we're just going to pay him up front. He's got a great design. Yeah, loves King Tut, Vinyl Wraps yeah, in Raleigh. Tut. He's honestly, everybody I've talked to that has a trailer or a truck, even like dudes who do competitive stereo stuff, like he wraps their cars. Oh, that's awesome. He's yeah. A, yeah. once again a self-made local guy. Like he he hustles for so his is business. Ninety percent of the people we welcome. Yeah, yeah. and that's the thing. Yeah, we found all these local people that are expanding their businesses and adapting. So we're like, all right, we're not in this alone. Yeah, you know, reach out, do your research. You know, I don't want to sound xenophobic, but I, I really do believe here in the South, especially with some of our ingredients, we really must keep it local. Yeah, there's some grains and some other stuff that we used to use that's going that's the, going extinct that Chef Jean Bach is trying to bring back by making bread recipes in such form because yeah. we did have such a lot a great larder of food here before mass production of food became a thing. Yeah, I mean the soil changes how things. Taste. It does. Oh yeah, the, the tomorrow, as Marusa would put it. Yeah, you know, you know it's. Yeah, that's the thing, you know, the soil down here changes every 50 miles. Like, here in central North Carolina, you got about two inches of topsoil, and then it's clay. Oh, and I'm going to tell you, if you ain't ever put a fence in clay, whoo, you don't Man. need the gym. No, you don't. not at all. I mean, you go you out know, towards the mountains, you get that potter's clay, though, that's so famous. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. You know, that's, like, dense. So yeah, go. oh, yeah. yeah. Had, my first job when I moved up here, um, I was carrying... 50 pounds of freaking clay for a potter and I think one day I moved a ton in 50 pound increments oh god <laughs> I've done the same with pizza though <laughs> um, so where can we follow you guys really quick just so we can keep up with your updates and stuff um, KTRs on Facebook and Instagram uh, you know you can follow us there it's Kitchen Table Restaurants Inc okay uh, you can I'm Tyler James Parker on Facebook this is Eric Woodworth you can find us on Facebook um, we have the Instagram. We do. Our website is kitchentablerestaurants.com, but we also just launched redhorsetacos.com that has the full nice. finalized menu for the Red Horse Tacos food truck. Yep. Yeah, we'll have to check yeah. Um, and uh, the graphics on there are really reminiscent of how the truck's going to be wrapped. Yes, very uh, much so. Our, our third partner, Ms. Sylvia Stevens, uh, yeah. is a Silvana. Silvana. Yes, thank you. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, she's actually uh, Egyptian lineage. Ooh, lived in Australia. Yeah, she's a like she's top tier graphic designer, and we met her because we were working with a young lady named Ellie, who is her 16 year old daughter. Uh, and just from knowing her kid, I knew how she was going to be as a person. They're raising lovely them. people. Her husband used to own a food truck doing soul food with him and his mom. He's a, a preacher, a businessman. Like they've they've He's got, got like a lot more jobs. Man. Yeah, he runs, yeah, his, own, they, he runs his own look, church. He He's like a freelance consultant for like some engineering thing. And oh, yeah. God. He's taught. Yeah, and, and I mean, Seal, she's not only just so loving. Like She saw I, I had a sciatic issue, and she saw I was hurting, and she just offered to pray over me. Yeah. Um, big heart. She's a southern mama from down under. That's oh, what we yeah. do. You yeah. know, but and like, the original taco idea, the second they tasted that, that was it. They yeah. invested yeah, yeah, like, yeah. She was like, "I don't need I, to hear anything else. I like you guys. I like your passion." We're gonna make this happen. Own, but it's really, really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it is. Everybody it. who's tried it, you know, we were working at a QSR, and just we were like, "Hey, guys, we're gonna be playing around." Yeah. So just kind of ignore us. Yeah. Um, maybe that's not the most ethical on somebody else's company time, but <laughs> I mean, we literally would go six um, hours. It was for there. our lunch, yeah. so, you know, but we made one for each of us and we tasted it and everybody there was like, dude, we got to have one. So we yeah. did. Um, but yeah, Facebook, you can go to our websites. It's redhorsetacos.com. Um, we will have a Twitter Facebook. up at some point, yeah. Yeah. especially once the truck gets going, we're going to have the Twitter so we can just oh, tell you like guys. Quick, like, Exactly. Right, yeah. We're gonna be and like a, uh, there's plenty of groups on Facebook for food trucks that we're part of as mm -hmm. well. Yeah. And I know there's pretty awesome like apps now too. Yeah. And I'm looking um, to try to hopefully get us into whenever the next food truck rodeo is. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna talk to you about that. After this. Yes. Oh <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Cool. We know you're the guy with the oh, connection. Yeah. So, but yeah. yeah, I mean, 
Thank there, you. there yeah. is a kitchen table for relish in Raleigh. That is not us. It is kitchen table restaurants. Yeah. I'll tag you guys for, so like people clean. Yeah, right uh, a lot of people get kind of confused, but it has. I will make you know, it known. It's got some cool contacts. I, so. will, I will make it known that I did contact them after I realized it, which was after I incorporated a business. Yeah, and I yeah. The state said it was all clear. So. Yeah, yeah. No, I, mean, I, I was trying to do more of a professional courtesy yeah. thing. I was just like, hey guys, I didn't realize this, and they're like. We, whatever we don't care you're, yeah. you're good man yeah. and you know? I, I'm gonna be honest in the industry go to relish it is yeah. good just do yourself a favor it's the, uh, one of the best southern food you're gonna have look there are spicy jams and stuff you can buy there they're like a, a homegrown version of Cracker Barrel what Cracker Barrel was in the beginning like they have their little shop and stuff yeah. uh, their brunch I don't care if you have to wait two hours it's worth it Nice. Um, they're they're really awesome people. They're once again local. Their fried green tomatoes are definitely in my top three. I worked for Ashley Christensen. I think relish is better better than her southern food. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> like yeah, yeah yeah. And that's no disrespect. No, it's I mean not. you know it's some not. people like KFC, some people like churches, some people like Popeyes. Yeah. I like Chef Eric's. Um, <laughs> we actually had a tasting the other night, and the lady literally called her friend and was like, "I know you just got Ruth Chris." Put it in the fridge and come taste it. <laughs> like, we were like, yeah, come on yeah. over, man. We'll take you. It's a party. You know? But thank you for inviting us onto your show. Man. Yeah. Thank yeah. You so thank much. you for yeah. making the trip to Raleigh. Yeah, too. thank you. Thank man. you guys. And thank you guys for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode.